Hi, I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for listening to this podcast. There are many more podcasts available at MyFaithRadio.com. Your support makes this possible. Thank you. Welcome to the afternoon show. I'm Bill Arnold and must be one of the most blessed guys out there because I get to spend a couple of hours with you today and I'm looking forward to it. If you listen to me on the podcast, welcome a little bit later than the live show, but I'm always thrilled that people tune in or check out to see what we're talking about each and every day. Today, I'm looking forward to uh, bringing on my friend Patrick in just a minute. I'm going to follow it up with the Monday afternoon mix. Uh, Patrick or um, David Miles will be joining me, of course, with Rosie B. And we're going to be talking about how, how to have the very best 2023 based on a, a proverb that David's bringing to the show. And then Dr. Glenn Pickering is going to be joining me in hour two, which I can't wait to do that as well. Patrick is not only a, a longtime friend, but a, a colleague, and I might have to use a different word for him today because I was looking up friends, and there are three different kinds of friends. I guess you have um, a confidant, a comrade, or a constituent. So, Patrick, I would maybe I'm better off calling you a confidant because you are just that. I can come to you with pretty much just about anything on my head or my heart, and you'll listen. Well, what are, the, what are my other options again? I'm getting well, a, com, a confidant. <laughs> a, a confidant or a com, or a constituent or constituent. a comrade, yeah. Or now, a comrade. Cons, a constituent is people who um, are there for you, but and they're kind of like confidence because they have similar characteristics, but they're, they're, they're maybe there for your cause. Okay, so, all right. So uh, your cause might be your eventual goal in life or something you strongly believe in, or I'd really like to, you know, have this as an aspiration, and you come along and say, I can support you in that effort. Yes. But you're just maybe not as close as a confidant if you're a constituent. Am I confusing anybody? Uh, well, I'm, I'm always confused, as you know, but I, I, I so see, it feels like that uh, if you're considered a confidant, i.e. that's the, 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 the top level of friendship. Right? Yes, yes. Isn't that, now it takes a long time to get to that place with, you know, because you could become a constituent pretty quickly. Somebody could give you their sales pitch and say, here's what I'm, uh, I'm proposing. And you could say, I'm on board. But if, if, if you were to uh, meet somebody and if they were to say, you know, I'd really like to be your best friend, you'd say, you know, hang on a second. This takes a little while. <laughs> you know, Especially if you're wanting to confide in me, or, or better yet, if you're wanting the, you know, the, the combination to my safe. Right. Uh, where I keep all, all of my IOUs. <laughs> <laughs> but when you have so. a confidant in life, and you may not have many in your whole life, because they're, they're a special breed of friend, but you do have an increased kind of sense of belonging and Sometimes when you call a confidant, you can reduce a little bit of stress or certainly increase your 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 mood. I mean, I'm always in a better mood after, after I talk to you. That's one of the reasons I love having you on the show on Mondays is you brighten my mood. You elevate the, the mood I'm in, which I really appreciate. 
Well, now that see that just elevated my mood. And now, <laughs> well, now I feel like I owe you. Now I you owe do you owe me. one yes. mood elevation. Yes, <laughs> you do. You at least one. Yes. Well, you, there's something interesting about that. You know, it's not like you're airing. You need somebody to air dirty laundry with. It's not about dirty laundry, but you know, sometimes you have. Okay, you and I get on on Mondays, and uh, we just sound like the most positive, happy, chipper guys in the world. <laughs> yes. But we also know each other well enough to have seen uh, the dark days of despair, uh, usually every Tuesday through Thursday, <laughs> <laughs> that uh, you don't want the rest of the world to see. You know, you can have a, a, a the crisis of confidence. Uh, you could, you know, there there are times. I, I the last couple of weekends, I've gone to see acquaintances. So I wouldn't call them friends. I wouldn't call them confidence comrades. But people I somehow have gotten to know, and I, I go see their performances, and I can, at, at, on one hand, be just enthralled and excited for their massive success, uh, the quality of performance that they do. I can also have a mix of jealousy, like I wish that were me, and I can also have just a tinge of horrific depression about the whole thing, like what have I been doing with my life? And you need to be able to have friends that you can say, can you understand this mix of emotions that I have here? Am I normal? Am I just not a well person? Uh, but it's not the kind of thing you'd walk up to a stranger and say, is it wrong for me to be jealous of somebody who I'm also excited for their success? Yeah. Uh, or, you know, it's, it's, and, and you find out that, um, you're not really, it's like, you see the whole picture and you're maybe not jealous because somebody, a close confidant helps you see the whole picture, but you need people that you can say, I'm just having one of those dark moments. Mm -hmm. uh, can I, can I dump on you for a little bit? And, uh, you can't just do that with a stranger at the cafe, can you? No, you can't. And if you have a, a friend who's a confidant, you probably are not pursuing things like money from them or, or material stuff. But confidants are, are not around you for your cause, for whatever cause you might have. They're around you for you. They want, they want you. Yeah. They want information about you. So what you're saying is they're not around for a cause. They're around because that's right <laughs> because, because yeah. of you yeah because of you yeah yeah it, 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 which i which i really like you know i as you know i lived in los angeles for so many years and and there are quite a few people out there that's it's 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 a tough the, the entertainment business can be pretty tough and people's time is valuable and it, it takes two hours to get down the street so everybody has to weigh every invite to everything uh cautiously but uh, it was just a notorious place. I had never run into this until I lived there where there'd be an invite for something that never happened or you know, somebody wouldn't show up or they would cancel it because there was always the bigger, better thing. Mm -hmm. And the bigger, better thing was always about uh, you know, like a career move. Uh, it sure. could just be, I, you know, I'd, I, would, I, would, I would come to your, you know, uh, the day before your surgery that's life-threatening, but... There's an agent. There's an agent at the, at the local Starbucks, and if I go there, you just mm -hmm. never know. Uh, whereas, yeah, like you know, real confidence, it didn't just, you know, uh, nothing that could stop them. I'm, you know, uh, from being if if you say I need you, you know, here, they'd say, all right, I'll be there. Yeah, and if you you don't get too many of those. Yeah, yeah. 
And a comrade type of friend might be someone that you come alongside with for a specific purpose. If you look at the Pharisees and the Sadducees, these are a couple of uh, groups of people that did not like each other, but they were willing to come together to antagonize Jesus. So they were able to team up because they had a common goal in mind. And I think that you, you don't necessarily want to be confiding, confiding with people that would be on the comrade list, even though that's a yeah. weird word. I know. We, we'll see that a lot when the Super Bowl happens, of course. You know, whoever's in it, you'd say, well, uh, normally I don't like you, but you're a Cincinnati Bengal fan? Well, me too. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's spend the next three and a half hours together as best pals. Uh, we can go back to, you know, not liking each other uh, later. Yeah. yeah. But are, yeah. You, are you used to calling everybody kind of friends nowadays? Oh, yeah, we're friends. And he, have you applied any criteria to that? Or is that just a friendly, cozy thing to say? You know, I catch myself, actually. It's, it is funny you bring that up. And I'm sure you've heard me do this, where I'd say, well, a friend of mine. And then I'll say, well, hang on. Okay, more of an acquaintance. Yeah. And then sometimes I'll backtrack it a little bit more saying, well, I saw the guy in line at Costco once. <laughs> anyway, yeah. but, uh, you know, I, I do think that, you know, sometimes we like to attach ourselves to, well, that's a, fr a friend of mine said, and you say, well, was it a friend of yours? And I don't, I don't know why I started correcting myself on that. It's not like, you know, anybody held me to task and said, oh, oh that's a friend of yours. Well, let's go check because I happen to know that person too. Right. <laughs> let's give them a call and let's see if they even know your name. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's a, in fact, I had a conversation just like that the other day. I was talking with somebody that was in town, and he mentioned somebody else that he was there along the process as this person accepted Christ into his life. He was there for the baptism, and I do know the guy. Not a friend, yeah. not because we don't get along. But I said, well, I've met him a half a dozen times. So if you were to call him up and say, hey, do you know Patrick Albanese? He'd say, I have no idea who that is. So I just don't want you calling him up and saying, well, that Patrick, he's a big old liar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's why I do it. I don't know. I just, I think, uh, or maybe it's just, I value friendships so much that I, I look at the handful of very close friends that I have and I go, these are friends and I can defend the friendship and, uh, you can ask me anything about them and you'll say, yeah, you're, you're that person's friend. You obviously have spent time with that person. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know why I don't want to be caught with, you know, okay. You know, I had lunch with Milton Berle once. I know you did. We're I, not friends. I had dinner with Lily Tomlin once. We're not friends. We're not friends. Now. Yeah. Now, we get to name drop. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, we do. Yes, we do. But uh, we're not friends. It's, it's right. uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's I think the, the simple thing these days, of course, it's much easier. You could say, oh, that's a friend of yours. Let me see your cell phone. Exactly. Show I don't see the... Lily Tomlin in your contact list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because if you don't make my contact list, I don't know if I could call you. A I shouldn't be able to say that's my friend. Oh, uh, yeah. Or. Yeah. An acquaintance, that was an acquaintance, or that was somebody I had a one-time experience with over a dinner. It was lovely, but it was a, a one-and-done event. That's all. Yeah. Well, those are some of my favorite experiences in life where yeah. it could be you're stuck at an airport, and then next thing you know, you have this three-hour conversation waiting for the plane to Philadelphia with a, a stranger. I don't I don't know if you call them a perfect stranger anymore. And... Uh, 
maybe you even have intentions to say we should stay in touch where we have so much in common and you don't. <laughs> All right. You know, but you say, well, that three hours was sure fun. Yeah. And I made was, the most of a situation. Yeah. I, I was at the improv the comedy club in Los Angeles back in the uh, 80s. And mm -hmm. I was there with a friend of mine and who's a real friend. And yeah. Jerry Seinfeld walks by and my friend knew him. And he said, Jerry, sit down. So he did. And Jerry sat and talked to us for about a half hour. Now, really? Jerry, a friend of mine? No. No, but he, he knew my friend, but it doesn't matter. He's a friend of a friend. He's a friend of a friend. That's all. Yeah. And another couple steps. You're at Kevin Bacon, I think, is how that game goes. <laughs> I think so, too. So, anyway, so wait, no, you've hit me with you've hit me with Lily Tomlin and uh, Jerry Seinfeld. I've yes. only hit you with Milton Berle. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yeah, and my two are still living. So there you go. Yeah, there is that. Yeah. yeah. But when we come you back, will. let's talk about one of the key components, one of the key ingredients of having that friendship and that friendship that we call a confidant. I bet people will guess what it is, but we'll come back in just 90 seconds. Patrick Albanese is my guest. He's my confidant and friend from the great state of Iowa, the prestigious town of West Des Moines. We'll be right back. Faith Radio and Afternoons with Bill podcasts are available because of listener support. If you are a supporter, thank you so much. Becoming a supporter today by visiting MyFaithRadio.com. What would you do with a brain if you had one? Do? Why, if I had a brain, I could... I could while away the hours, conferring with the flowers, consulting with the rain. My head, I'd be scratching while my thoughts were busy hatching if I only had a brain. Welcome to the show. Patrick Albanese is my friend, my confidant, I should say, and friend from the great state of Iowa. Just got a nice message from a listener, Patrick, that said, Monday Afternoons with Bill Arnold segment featuring Patrick is radio serotonin. How about that? <laughs> now, serotonin puts you to sleep, are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think, or is it the melatonin? Melatonin, melatonin serotonin. puts you to sleep. Yeah, that's you've, the you've one. You've got you. You've got your tonins wrong. I got my. I, I have. I have been. It, this isn't the first time I've been accused of getting my tonins wrong. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Why Milton Berle told me at lunch once. <laughs> yeah. So let's let's go to yep. what I believe is one of the key components of having a friendship that can uh, be in the confidant uh, category. What would you believe? Okay. What would you believe it would be? What do you think? Uh, let's see. Starts with a T. Ready? Yeah, go ahead. So, so, so it's not ready cash. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, trust would be my T guess. Trust is correct. It is correct. See? Yep. Look at that. Even yep. a blind squirrel finds the occasional. Uh, whatever it is that uh, squirrels search for, I believe it's an acorn. Yes. Yes. Okay. Trust. I like that. Um, right. When you uh, trust somebody, you're going to confide in them. And when you have created a safe space, and a, 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 I don't like that word, safe space, but a, an arena yeah. of friendship and and and, conf, and and confidence that you can share and be, um, you know, loved and accepted in that exchange. That's a pretty. That's a pretty nice friendship. Yeah, and and it's not like you know somebody's not asking you to keep a secret that you say, "Wow, so those are the nuclear codes, huh?" So, <laughs> <laughs> and you've had them all along. Um, yeah. 
yeah, my, I promise I won't tell anyone that you have the nuclear codes. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, that might be pushing the boundaries, but that would be the person, the, the truster uh, saying, I'm going to put you in a compromising position, which is that's the other part of the relationship. When you're trusting somebody with information, you, you, you have trust in the person you're telling, but you also have to say, well, I don't want to put them in a position that compromises them. Mm-hmm. You have to be, you know, you as the person spilling your guts, shall we say, you have to be aware that, you know, how does this information affect that person? Exactly. I think that's a, a, a fair trade-off, you know. And I think everyone in the counseling profession and everyone else is going to say, if you have good friends, it is going to improve your mental health. And there are a lot of uh, benefits from having friends that are going to be loving, caring, and, and be honest with you? Well, uh, certainly. I, I, uh, people that uh, suffer from depression, a lot of times they find they themselves are, are, they start to distance themselves from the friends that they have. And the more time they spend alone, the deeper the depression can get. And, uh, you know, it's, it's always so counterintuitive, you know, it's, it's, you know, how they say, well, gosh, you, you break up with somebody and all you hear are these sad songs on the radio <laughs> and you realize, well, maybe it's me seeking out the sad songs. Maybe that's the only thing I can hear right now and that you need to tune into something else. And that could be the same thing here. If you have friends, you go, I need to tune into somebody that can turn this around for me or at least help me start to turn it around. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. when you go to. It's like when you go to buy. Thinking about buying a new mattress, all you see are mattress ads, right? I know. <laughs> yeah, or you, you know, when you buy a car and you think, I, you know, look how clever I am. I got this car, and you realize, you know, everybody seems to have the same car that I have, <laughs> which is probably a good sign. We're all clever, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, Okay, Patrick, we don't have a lot of time left, but I thought I would also bring up this topic because we hear about it quite often nowadays, and that is the topic of the word is called misinformation. Now, it's not to be confused with disinformation, but misinformation is you are just, you know, possibly wrong about something, but disinformation means you were intending to deceive somebody. I thought that word used to be called lying. Well, we've got clever things. We got clever words for stuff now, don't we? Uh, but it, I, uh, lying is a little bit more harsh, isn't it? Uh, it is. And who wants to be called that? Well, you know, you could say to somebody, let's say somebody gives you a, a fact as they know it for the moment. And uh, if you were to say, well, uh, that's disinformation. Now, you could, are you are you accusing them of lying or is it? Are you giving them the possible out to say, maybe you heard that incorrectly? Maybe you don't have some of the latest information that could update your opinion. But when you out and out say, nope, you're lying. Um, that's pretty harsh. That's not always easy to come from. So do people just change it to disinformation to sort of soften the accusation of, uh, you know, you're a big old liar? Mm-hmm. You know, is, is that fire I see coming from your pants? Because your pants are on fire. Is that how the kids do it these days? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we all know that communication is very hard because if you sort of ask these questions, if you're trying to verify something, you might say, well, who said it? And how do they know? And, mm-hmm. and, are, they, and are they biased? And then you ask yourself, what don't I know? But that requires a fair amount of work. 
It does. I, I had a, a friend that was always, he says, well, here's what I know with the information I have. I like that. Yeah. If you, yeah. He says, you know, so, uh, you know, take it for whatever. Uh, but, uh, you know, if I get more information that can change my mind, I will, I, I will change my mind. I, I, and, you know, you've often said that you say, you know, uh, you'd, you'd have to work pretty hard to convince me that Jesus didn't exist. But you say, all you got to do is bring me his bones. <laughs> you know, you, you bring me, you, I mean, you, you say, uh, I have all these, all this information on my side and I'm still studying. And every time I go deeper, I get more information to back up what I believe. And that is why I have faith because mm-hmm. I'm doing, I'm digging and I'm working and I'm not just taking it from one person. The, the first person that presented the good news to you, you said, well, that's interesting. Eh, I don't know. Let me look into that a little bit. And you mm-hmm. dug and you dug and you dug. And then one day, at least this is my experience, you do the old, you know, I could have had a V8 moment where you hit yourself in the head and you say, there it is. It's right there. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful when you get more information. We do seem to sort of cut ourselves off and go, and I heard something. It kind of goes with what I'd like to believe anyway. So let's just go with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and- I think politics has made that worse. Oh, perhaps. Don't we yeah. quickly put people in categories? And we yes we we place them in a category and we go oh you're one of those people you know, yeah where you say um, I'm going to run a marathon in three weeks and I've never run in my life oh you're one of those people <laughs> you're one of the <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna have some blisters on your feet yeah yeah that's uh, I'll be there at mile two to kind of cheer you on and take you to the side. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, it's funny because they even do that with images, with, with say, advertising. You know, years ago, I think it was, remember Donald Sutherland, the actor? I think he's still yeah. around. Oh, he's still around. Yeah. And I think he might have been, you know, the voice for like the Volvo commercials. And you remember him with the mustache and, you oh, know, kind yeah. of the unkept hair. And he sort of looked a little bit different. And I think he was the voice. And you say, but of course you drive a Volvo. And then you just assume that every Volvo driver looked like Donald Sutherland. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and I'm going to come on. You have patches on your elbows. I know you do. Your jacket's got patches. There's mm-hmm. a pipe in that pocket, isn't there? <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's there is an image that goes with it. That's funny. That you know, you mentioned that. That I won't be running a marathon, by the way. In well, case yeah. you're asking. No, but we do. We do. I think are quick to put people in categories, and that's that's challenging. It's challenging. Sometimes it just it saves some time. Uh, I suppose, you know, yeah. you know, oh, you know, you guys, I don't, I don't, I don't eat the kind of food you eat. I don't think we can spend time together. <laughs> you know, right. you're one of them, whatever that them is. Yeah. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. Well, I, I think yeah. I've been able to now shift in my mind that you're not just a colleague from the great state of Iowa, but yeah. you're a, a confidant and I appreciate our friendship. And I also appreciate you making time to start my week every, uh, every week. And bring some lightheartedness, and that's the goal, and that's what I hope we do is start oh, off on a on a light moment. So yeah. thank you. You you know how much fun this is for me to uh, this always lifts my spirits just being able to spend time with you on the air and uh, and not hear people hanging up. You know, it's just kind of <laughs> nice. To... <laughs> All right, have a great day, Patrick. Thanks, you too. You bet, Patrick Albanese has been my guest. We're gonna take a break, and we come back the Monday afternoon mix. Be right back. <laughs> Yep.
is time for the Monday Afternoon Mix, mix. with Pastor David Miles and Rosie B. Yes, yes. <laughs> I jumped ahead on the mix. I got so excited to be back in the room with you guys. You did jump in on the mix. I did. She I'm did. so sorry. Rosie was like, boom, I'm there. I felt like Seabiscuit, the horse, you know, where the gate goes off and you just, you know, before the gate goes. You go, Seabiscuit. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, the rest of the story I'm of Seabiscuit. Yeah, I was gonna say the rest of the story of Seabiscuit is he was lazy and liked to eat. So you know, maybe uh, that's not. Yeah, I know. Well, I he know. started off good. Yeah, he did start. Off good. Okay. <laughs> nice to be back as a team doing the Monday afternoon mix, 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 and I'm looking forward to uh, some teaching today, David. Some uh, some wisdom from the Book of Proverbs. Yes, some wisdom from the Book of Proverbs. And you know, one of the things, Bill, the other day I was driving. Um, and I'd gotten off a particular road off a of cloverleaf. I was coming up to the stoplight, you know, and I pressed the brake and it had been pretty slippery out and I just kept sliding, Bill. And I mean, like I'm sliding and sliding and sliding. And so I'm pushing and the ABS are going do, 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 do. And I look off to the other side of the intersection and here comes cars and here come trucks and they're barreling down and I have a manual. So finally I pulled my brake and I just continued to slide into that intersection and then finally stopped. And uh, you know what I really desired in that moment? Hmm. To stop. Because there was, <laughs> there was a lot of traffic coming, you know. And one of the things I wonder for our listeners are, what do they desire? Like, what do they deeply desire? What, what do they want to create here in this next year? It's a great question. It is. And so... Yeah. So I want them to give me give me 57 seconds of their time. And so imagine that it's January 23rd, 2024, uh, and they're listening to the Monday Afternoon Mix. Imagine that they've had the most incredible year and that the person that they've wanted to become or the person that they become, they're totally amazed at that person when they look back over the year. Um, having that person in mind. So like even just imagine walking into a room and your friends are there, your family, they're high-fiving you. There's a joy that radiates from you. There's, you're smiling, you're laughing, you feel lighter, you feel peace, you feel free. And can you see that new you? All right. Okay. And if you do, you know, that'll be because of really like one thing that's found in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 when it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean out on your own understanding, and all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. I mean, like one of the things that will separate this year from next year is truly just saying, Jesus, be completely Lord. Lord, just direct my steps. And one of the things that's one of the, the verses that I had when I was in track and field was uh, Proverbs uh, 37 4 where it says delight yourself in the lord he'll grant you the desires of your heart and when we think about heart there's there's something to the heart isn't there bill yes right and so what we want to talk briefly about today we want to talk about the critical nature of the heart how it affects the whole and the critical nature of being led and so there's this one guy he was super wise his name was solomon and he was writing this uh, book of wisdom to his son rehoboam and in proverbs 4 23 the central thrust, he says this, above all else, guard your heart. Other passages say, keep your heart with all vigilance, for it is the wellspring of life. And so this whole thing is that you are to guard your heart, you are to keep your heart, that that's critically important. Wouldn't you agree? Yes, I would. So, Bill, when you think about the heart, what are some things that come to mind? Uh, it's the decision-making center of my being. Yes, it is. And so... 
if I can have 37 seconds, and I don't, if you're driving, please don't close your eyes, but stay with me. So here's the human heart. It beats an average of 75 times a minute, 40 million times a year, 2.5 billion times in 70 years. It cranks out about four ounces a beat, 3,000 gallons a day, or 650,000 gallons a year. The heart does enough work in one hour to lift a man 150 pounds to the top of a three-story building. In 12 hours, that much energy could lift a 65-ton tank car one foot off the, off the ground and an enough power in 70 years to lift the largest battleship completely out of float of water. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Those are some That's, crazy statistics. That is some crazy statistics. But Bill hit upon the important thing beyond, like the physical aspect of the heart is super important. But like when we look at scripture, the heart defined as like, it's that most comprehensive term of the authentic person. As Bill was saying, it's that, it's that decision-making part of our decisions, our desires, our deliberations. It's the whole of who we are with our thoughts, feelings, passions, understanding, and will. And it's that part that God is turning to. So in this passage, it's telling us that we are to guard our heart. Why? I love scripture. Scripture is so cool because it like just tells us. <laughs> For True. it is the wellspring of life. And so it really says keeping the main thing the main thing. Mm, gosh, that's so important. When my boys were little, I used to say, keep your heart soft. And <laughs> so, so you think kids know what you're talking about? Well, it's now my youngest at 22 said, I think I understand what you mean when you always said that. And I said, what what does it mean to you? And he said that everybody I consider is an image bearer of God Mm. and that how I approach them comes from whether or not my heart has stayed soft and tender and kind and good. It's like, wow, you didn't get that at five? Hmm. Well, you know, Rosie, one of the things that, you know, age can help with, and and I know like working with youth and stuff, and I said this to a group of kids the other day, I said, you know, the older I got, the more brilliant my parents were. Mm -hmm. Like really, like when you're younger, I mean, I already thought my parents were smart, but more, more as I've gotten, as I've continued to get older and older, it's like, wow, you know, they're kind of like, oh, and I'm like, no, seriously. (laughs) And exactly like what your son was saying with you. Well, it's just interesting because I don't know until I had, yes, you say the older we get, the more wisdom we under, we participate with God in receiving, right? Because our our own ego is a little bit pushed out of the way, hopefully. Um, But really, I mean, if you think about this side of heaven and all the things we come up against and that God dwells within our heart, to have that stay pure, to have have that stay surrendered and to return it to him that way because that's how we came into the world yeah but to return it to him that way is truly not an act of us but an act of god's influence in us because it's an impossibility without him yeah and like we get glimpses like we we get to see this live through people and you know one of the things you know we're so blessed with our listening family and really 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 love them and really appreciate all of you who tune in and Appreciate your prayers and just the incredible ways that you support this and how lives are transformed. Um, you know, we have our, our family up in Fargo at KTIS and, you know, like, uh, excuse me, KFNW, 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 because <laughs> I went to NDSU and so I remember hearing that all the time. But, you know, one of the very, very dear people who taught me, you know, what you're talking about was mm-hmm. a woman named Ann Dahl. And I had asked people to pray for her and had this very fast-growing leosocarmia uh, cancer. She went home to be with the Lord. 
So talk about someone who's so modeled um, Jesus. Like literally, there's times I cry. Like I was, I was in tears the other day with Tammy because I said, you know, this woman and her husband Howie and Howie, they have showed me like they've modeled unconditional love and support mm-hmm. and encouragement and challenge in my life for over 32 years. Wow. And I mean, like, you know, that is such an incredible gift, but it comes back again to what we're seeing. It's coming back to how a person's heart is. And, you know, just a couple, and we, all of us can think, even as you're driving in your car, you can think of people whose hearts, they really allowed Christ to work through them. And just the overflow of that into your own life is just amazing. Mm-hmm. It's also, do you think, David, can you help me here? Does it, is it also why God calls us not to let bitter roots form? Because don't you think bitter roots then become a hardening measure, kind of like calcium or soft plaque in your heart? Yes. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things is that, um, you know, in our passage today, we see these four critical areas. And we'll actually jump ahead to one of them, you know, Solomon gives this call to set a watch over your eyes and what you see. And listen, outlook determines outcome, you know, like what Mm -hmm. input. So go, you know, for computer programs, garbage in, garbage out, Mm -hmm. you know, so what we're putting in also affects us. But then also when we hold on to bitterness and the like, it, it begins to, you know, it doesn't seem like fair, like someone like does you wrong, but if you hold on to bitterness that saying it's like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. Mm-hmm. And so the Bible does. It speaks in Hebrews chapter 10 um, or chapter 12 about not letting a root of bitterness take um, place because it'll defile many. You know, and as much as you want to let that bitterness stay, it's like an infection that just mm-hmm. begins to spread throughout the bo- body. And, and God is wanting to free us from that. So, okay, so if the root is bitterness— then can I say the seed might be offense, taking offense of what someone, I mean, is that too much of a leap, David? No, because scripture says it's to, <clears throat> I'm trying to remember, Bill, if it's, is it to a man's wisdom or to his grace to overlook an offense? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm not recalling which verse that is. And I mean, like th- this, you know, this is a pause right now for a moment, Rosie. This is the critical, important nature about discipleship and God's desire to know us personally and for us to be in God's word. Because as we ask each other a question, we're not letting it be that what our emotional, our subjective emotions are. We're going back to God's revealed word, which is truth, to allow that to guide our hearts and mind. So when it says in 2 Timothy, all scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, correction, training, and righteousness so that the man or woman of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. We allow God's word to correct us. So, so like to that bitterness, it's to our grace to overlook or it's over to our honor to overlook an offense. And it comes back to Matthew 18, the, the parable of the man who owned the king $2 billion. Mm-hmm. And he goes in and he pleads to the king and the king forgives him. And then he goes out and he runs into someone who owes him change from a happy meal and he throws the guy's family into prison and the king hears it and he's like, dude, what's up? Like, mm-hmm. what's going on? I forgave you this great debt. And in the same way, the debt that Jesus has forgiven us, the sin that he's forgiven us, even from this mo- morning before we set our foot on the on the ground. So that saying that I've said before, like, I'll never have to forgive a fallen and imperfect Tammy, my wife, more than a perfect and holy God has forgiven me. Mm-hmm. 
And so sometimes when we have this rut of offense, when we have we we tend to forget just how sweet our pardon, how costly it was to Jesus, and to really rest in that. And so, um, yeah, so offenses that that is an area, and it's and today now it's easy to be offended about pretty much everything. I know. I think that's the challenge because so it's kind of working the equation backwards, David and and Bill. It's at least for me knowing that I'm to return my heart soft, knowing it's it's the wellspring of life, hearing that how important it is to God, that where he dwells within me, within my heart, is also the sinful place of where I dwell, mm-hmm. you know, and giving him more more of that territory. Hopefully he kicks me out and takes the whole, you know, the land. But understanding that in order to have it be the wellspring, in order for him to do a work in me, to transform me, that there are things then that I must not participate in. And sometimes I think we speak Christianese a lot. And so we talk about bitter roots, but we don't actually examine how they get there or what it's our response to certain behaviors that allow them to root at all. I'm I'm thinking probably unforgiveness. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking lust, Mm -hmm. um, gossip. Yep. You know, all these things are, I mean, they're all sins, but unless we look at our own behavior and say, how is this gossip in, Am I allowing a bitter root to form because I'm gossiping? Yeah. And you know, what's sweet about this passage today is that the central thrust is verse 23, but then we look at the critical nature of the heart that affects the whole, and there's these four critical areas. And one of the things is, you know, we have to grow up before we blow up. You Mm -hmm. know, God's trying to grow us. And sometimes the issue isn't, it's not your talents, your gifts, your skill, it's your habits and some of the, some of the things that are going on. And like, we need to be truthful because the first step to progress is telling the truth. So what we see in the passage today is a call to set a watch over our ears, what we hear. Like so important is the heart that the father says to his son, listen to my words, incline your ear. It's like pay attention to this wisdom and not to let it escape, which has in mind two things. We must receive them readily, and we must retain it carefully. Mm -hmm. All right, let's take a little break. You're listening to the Monday Afternoon Mix. We'll be right back in just a minute. Okay, here's something exciting. When you sponsor a child with the Ministry One Child, you are linked with a boy or a girl who will know you by name and treasure the thought that you care. Most of them will pray for you daily. And if you write them, they'll write you too. The child you sponsor will receive not only educational assistance, but supplemental food, clothing, healthcare services, and opportunities for personal love and encouragement, and most of all, the gospel of Jesus Christ. The cost is just $39 a month. That's just a little more than a dollar a day. You can't necessarily change the entire world, but what if you can change the world for one person? Sponsor a child now at MyFaithRadio.com. Afternoon mix. I'm glad to have 
Pastor David Miles and Rosie B. with me today. We're talking about having a great life and looking at Proverbs chapter 4, which is just an awesome passage. I love the conversation so far. I'm kind of sitting back listening, taking it all in. You guys are doing awesome. Well, thanks, Bill. I mean, like, you know, God's Word is awesome, and it's so incredibly sweet. And so we're spending this time in Proverbs listening to Solomon, the wisest man, telling his son Rehoboam, like, you know, guard your heart. Uh, it is the wellspring of life, for from it flows all things. And so, you know, like in sports, you know, one of the comments that you wouldn't want someone to say about you as a teammate is, you know, that guy or that gal has no heart. And so, like, the heart is just such an important thing, and there's so many songs written about it. And so earlier we were seeing, like, one of the critical natures was in what we hear. Um, Earlier in verses 10 through 19, the father, Solomon, tells his son to avoid the way of the wicked— who cannot sleep unless they have done wrong and will invite you with words to join them. And guys, even as people are listening, you some have, you know, so-called friends that are encouraging you with words into a direction that is not good for your heart. And you need to ask the Lord to give you discernment and to work with that. And you know, Rosie, sometimes people are like, hey, you know, but PDM, Rosie, Bill, you don't understand, like, you know, what my friends say and what they think or my coworkers. And, you know, I want to just say this. Listen to this. When you love God's glory and yourself leading to God's glory, as much as you care about what other people think about you, you will change your life in the world. Mm, that is extremely convicting. Like say we, it, can you say it again? When you love God's glory— and yourself leading to the furtherance of God's glory, as much as you care about what other people think about you, you will change your life in the world. Like if we Whoa. spend as much energy, wow. you know, actually loving God's glory and loving ourselves in light of that, mm-hmm. leading to God's glory, if we spend as much energy in that as we do in what other people think about us, we would change the world. Because some people right now, there's some things that God has laid on their heart to do. And literally, if they could see the other side of the Red Sea of walking through that, it literally would change their life in the world. But they're thinking, yeah, but what are my friends going to think? Oh, and and I would say every human, if they're being honest, goes through a season of people pleasing. Yeah. And we all we already know that scripture says that is a sin unto God. Mm-hmm. People pleasing, caring about man above what he says. And yet, I don't know of anybody who hasn't gone through it. Yeah. Yeah, we all go through it. And I think, again, we, we emphasize here, we emphasize at Faith Talk Radio the importance like of digging into the Word of God, of growing your relationship with the Lord to see that when he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world, that helps give us a strength that's outside of our own you know, you might be feeling like you're 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 ordinary, and God just you know God says, "Bring your ordinary, I'll bring my extra, <laughs> and I'll make it extraordinary." I love mm-hmm. that. You know, and so like that's that's the part. It's not it's not that you know like we're super special, though the Bible says we are once an eternity creation. But it's an amazing God who wants to live inside of us, and so and that's part of this whole thing about watching what we hear, also watching what we say. You know, what we allow into our heart can can pollute our, our entire life. I mean, like, have you ever noticed, not always, but sometimes, how it's your words that start the incidents that leads to the yellow penalty flags in your life? Oh, yes. 
That's why sometimes I pray, David and Bill, that God would send a host of angel armies to sit on my tongue. <laughs> because it's so much easier. If you don't say it, you don't have to backtrack and apologize for it. Yeah. And one of the beautiful things is Proverbs 18.21 says this, Life and death are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Mm-hmm. That really, you know, our our tongues are, you know, James says it's it's a great, you know, it's a great fire, you know, it's a great rudder, and it directs things. And so this call to watch over our ears, to watch over our mouth, earlier we were talking about watching over our eyes, that outlook determines outcome. In Psalm 119, the psalmist says, turn my eyes away from worthless things. But instead, Hebrews 12.2 says, look to Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. And so a real important place for men and women, because it's growing among more, is the area of pornography. Mm-hmm. And like what we're setting our eyes uh, on. I mean, you know, if you want to, I remember when I was in college and I took a fast from television watching for a month. Mm. And I remember like after coming back to that, sitting down with my roommates and like, I was like so astonished, like what was on TV and my, me and my roommates are like, and I'm like, guys, did you just like, what, what was, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's when, when we're not feeding that, we, we began to get a certain sensitivity to it. And it's because God, God's like, I'm not a party pooper. I actually really love your true flourishing, like a real good flourishing. Mm-hmm. I desire that for you. And I desire for, like you were saying earlier, Rosie, not having plaque in our life, but to, to freely breathe and have great spiritual circulation. So am I getting this right, David and Bill, where we're talking about, you know, be careful what you hear, be careful what you see, be careful what you um, speak. And to connect the equation backwards, that all comes from the motive of your heart. In order to be careful and want not to say something cruel or mean, or to turn away from pornography, or to um, not, you know, participate in things that you shouldn't be listening to. That's all coming because you've made a decision in your heart. It's the motive. Yes. Is that so? Am but I, I but I want to I point something else out, Rosie, because okay. so often we focus on just what we can't do. Right. And I actually want to speak to the things that we're actually choosing to do. And it really, it's actually choosing the better. So like when Paul says in Philippians 4... He says, finally, brothers, he doesn't say don't do this. He says, whatever is true, notice truth is key. Whatever is honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, if there's anything excellent, anything worthy of praise, think on these things. So like really thinking, like making a choice to think on the better, thinking to hear things better, thinking to speak better words, Mm -hmm. thinking to look at better and more beautiful things. And then the last part of it is, where we take our steps at, you know, that's the, the, the fourth thing. Um, where are we walking? Like make level the path for your feet and take only ways that are firm. Do not swerve to the right or to your left. Keep your foot from evil. Bill, you were going to say? Uh, I was going to say, you know, that's the verse I've been focusing on for the year. I was going to say that too. Philippians 4. Eight. I was going to say, I'm like, Bill, that's your verse. <laughs> Saying it all the time. Uh, I'm, and, and I said to my guys in my Bible study, this is harder to live out than I thought. Mm-hmm. I got work to do. That's yeah, very so. honest, Bill, because yeah. it's the truth. I mean. Yeah, that, I couldn't flip a switch. It's it's hard work, and I'm mm-hmm. finding myself doing a lot of auto-correcting, and my GPS is going, reroute, reroute. <laughs> <laughs> that, you know, that wasn't 
praiseworthy or excellent, uh, and you should be thinking about such things. So, I think, Bill, since you've picked that verse, I've noticed, because I'm trying to apply it myself, that it's the rumination. It's the, it's the thoughts that I'm thinking when no one else is around or I'm not expressing them. Those are the thoughts, and I'm like, ooh, these are just, this isn't positive. This is not life-giving. Why am I ruminating here? Yeah. It's a quiet time thoughts for me. And one neat thing about this, remember, Solomon is writing to his son, Rehoboam, you know, and he's like, my son, be attentive to my words, incline your ears to my saying. He's passionately telling his son this. And he's saying, Rehoboam, listen to me. But when you read First Kings chapter 10 through 14, it shows that he didn't. Mm-hmm. And there were devastating effects because that united kingdom of Israel splits into 10 and 2 and the damage that happens to it and lives lost and going into exile. So sometimes even remembering that what we look at, what we say, what we hear, where our feet take us, it's larger than us. Like, our, like I think, Bill, you once said something about like a, a stone on the water and ripples, or that might have been you, Rosie, talking about the ripples. And the ripples of our life can be for, for real good. And so like when we realize that responsibility and even obligation are not swear words, you know, mm-hmm. and wanting to walk rightly before the Lord and having us strengthened uh, to realize that, you know, that's a really um, thing. And, you know, one important thing on this is team is key. Mm-hmm. Like you need a team of people around you. You need people that are walking this journey with you that you're accountable to, I hope that people, as you're driving home, that you have a spiritual church team that you're a part of for people who love you and to pour into you. But most of all, that you're listening to the coach, Jesus, and reading the playbook, the Bible, daily. I love it. Thank you so much for the Monday Afternoon Mix. I always look forward to it. We'll take a break when we come back. Hour two is just ahead. Dr. Glenn Pickering will be joining me. We're going to talk about the game of tag and some of the new and improvements he's made to it. I'm looking forward to that. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.